0: Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming Kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes, and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast.
1: Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken. And we provide two updates each week, one on Sunday at 1 p.m. And the other one premieres at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Now, my me- to the title of my message today, I think you'll like it, is called Time of the Signs. Time of the Signs, and we'll be looking particularly at the verses from uh, Jesus' Olivet Discourse. Now, as the name of our podcast implies, often uh, what we're doing is we're doing Prophecy Updates. Um, most of our messages have something to do with prophecy we believe it's what God has called us to do and we love answering your questions especially about prophecy but actually anything about the Bible our email address is prophecy countdown podcast at gmail.com that's prophecy countdown podcast at gmail.com and I respond to those uh, all individually so Let's take a look at uh, what we're talking about today with this time of the signs. You know, the, if you look at the Bible and you read through the Bible, you can see that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's our God, he's, a, he's the source of miracles, of wonders, and of signs. The Bible says he's the architect, and God is the sustainer of the entire cosmos, the world in which we live. And he gives us our very breath. Our God is definitely the God of miracles as he uniquely possesses the ability to temporarily override natural laws in order to accomplish his intentions, his work. Uh, miracles were present in the ministries of the Old Testament and New Testament as well. People like Moses, Elijah, um, Elisha, Jesus, all the apostles. Uh, and while the primary purpose of these miracles was to authenticate the message of the prophets and of Jesus, uh, these miracles were also signs. In fact, the apostle John, the gospel of John, calls the miracles of Jesus signs in referring to Jesus turning water into wine for example this is what the Apostle John says he says what Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him so we see that these these miracles can authenticate but they can also point to something in the future They're they're a sign, an indication that something spectacular is coming. All of us know what signs are, don't we? I mean, if you're driving along uh, the highway and you come and you're driving down to Miami and and the road splits and the sign says Fort Lauderdale to the right and Miami to the right, we understand exactly what these signs indicate, what's up ahead. Well, here's the thing. There are spiritual signs as well. All too often we think of something as a sign from God, when often it's just a coincidence. However, despite that, there are, there are people today that continue to look for spiritual signs, indications from the heavens or from God uh, that we're on a, the right path, um, that we're making the right decision, or possibly the sign is a justification of something that we've already done. People often yearn for the extraordinary. Uh, The miracle. The Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthians actually said the Jews demand signs and the Greek look, look for wisdom. The whole idea that the Jewish people as a religious people were constantly looking for a sign, an indication from God. So today's topic is called the time of the signs and you may think that I have that reversed. You've probably heard signs of the time, and that's a normal discussion, and I certainly understand that, but I'm particularly calling this the time of the signs because here's the spoiler alert. I believe we are in that time presently, particularly when the signs that Jesus talked about are ever-present. In Matthew 24, we see this extraordinary exchange between Jesus and his disciples. This is part of what's known as the Olivet Discourse, which is a series of teachings given by Jesus, particularly on the Mount of Olives, and it's recounted for us in Matthew chapter 24 through 26. It's also in Mark chapter 13 and Luke 12, I'm sorry, 21. This conversation that Jesus has starts off with a conversation about the temple and it was likely held according to scholars on Tuesday of what we know as Holy Week so let's take a look at what Jesus had to say and then we'll get into my topic for today which is the time of the signs so we're in Matthew chapter 24 reading out of the New King James beginning in verse 1 then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. You know, the disciples pointed out the grandeur of the temple. Now, this historically is the second temple. It was originally built by Zerubbabel in the 6th century, who was the appointed governor by Darius, Darius the Great. Now, Zerubbabel, along with about 42,000, were part of the initial remnant that came from Babylon back to Jerusalem. The temple was, however, largely reconstructed, doubled in size, sized, by Herod the Great. Now, for the Jews, the temple was the center of Jewish life, both socially as well as as well as uh, spiritually. It also represented the identity of the Jewish faith. No one would have believed that God should, would permit it to be destroyed again. In fact, there were no uh, prophets that were pointing to its destruction when Je- Jesus made this, this prophecy. Yet here Jesus prophesizes its destruction. And we know that in 70 AD, the Roman general Titus came into Jerusalem to put down a rebellion, ended up destroying the entire city of Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. Not one stone was left on top of another, exactly as Jesus had prophesied. And almost a million Jews were killed during that revolt as well. So let's continue and see what the disciples then ask Jesus after Jesus talks about the destruction of the temple, and see what Jesus responds by. We'll pick up the conversation in the very next verse, uh, but by this time, the disciples and Jesus have already traveled about two miles further into the Mount of Olives. Verse 3, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him, that's Jesus, privately saying, Tell us when will these things be, what will be the sign of your coming, and the end of the age. Now, the disciples obviously take this prophecy of Jesus, the destruction of the the temple, to be the, the truth, the gospel truth. They had no reason to doubt Jesus. They had been with him for three years. They came to trust him. They knew that they could take him at his word. Scholars point out that what these disciples asked were actually three things. First, they said, tell us, when will these things be? Secondly, they say, what will be the sign of your coming? And then the third was, and the end of the age. Three different questions. And it's likely that the disciples didn't realize that they were asking three questions, but this is exactly how the Bible treats this matter. Um, Jesus actually responds as if it was three questions different items what when would this happen in fact most likely the disciples believed that what they were asking was was one big thing they would assume that the destruction of the temple meant a cataclysmic cataclysmic event that would indicate not only Jesus return but also the end of the age the end of the world Jesus doesn't specifically indicate when the temple would be destroyed but he does give signs of his return if you get the opportunity, read through the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, and even into chapters 25 and 26. Jesus has, has much to say about the end times, or better yet, the time of the signs. For our purposes today, I'm going to summarize some of the key points that Jesus points out, and we'll certainly see how we are in the time of the signs. First of all, Jesus begins by telling them this. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. So the number one sign of the end times is deception. Jesus may have been referring to the great deception that the Apostle Paul refers to in 2 Thessalonians, and I believe this is actually the case. Uh, in Second Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, it indicates that God will in the end times bring what's called a powerful delusion so that they would believe a lie. This great deception is associated with the satanic work of the Antichrist and he displays power through signs and wonders that serve the lie of the antichrist however most of us would agree that we are definitely living in a period that's uniquely marked by deception if you doubt that just think of the term fake news when did you first hear fake news? It only was a few years ago, but it's, it's every day. My friends, if you are not a skeptic, you should be. Um, it's becoming more and more doubtful of what we're hearing on, uh, what we're he- that we're hearing the whole truth and nothing but the truth from our politicians, our news re- reporters, and particularly our social media outlets. Uh, deception is a, is a key sign. Likely the initial sign that Jesus gives us be careful that you are not deceived is what Jesus says now Jesus continues with another sign he says this he says many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many you will hear of wars and rumors of wars But see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen But the end is still to come nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom So continuing along the time of the signs, Jesus said that false prophets, false religion, religious deception will be a key indicator of the end times. Now, we could spend an hour or more talking about false prophets and false religions, but I believe that Jesus is pointing particularly to the false prophet, this false prophet that makes an appearance during the seven years of tribulation. He's the one that causes everyone to worship the Antichrist. This is what the book of Revelation has to say about this great deception. I'll try to summarize it for you. This is out of Revelation chapter 13. It starts off by saying in verse 11, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. See, the first beast was the Antichrist. But John sees another beast coming out of the earth, had two horns, Uh, like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. The two horns like a lamb refers to a deception of of a person that is appearing to be like the Messiah, like Jesus. Verse 13, he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Again, this is a deception. This is a, a miracle that this false prophet is working and it's deceiving many people. Verse 14 says he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. So this is the false prophet. It's part of what we know as the unholy trinity with Satan, the Antichrist and the false prophet. And this is part of what's called the great deception. And while this happens during the tribulation and those that are alive when Jesus appears in the sky to be, who will be caught up with Jesus prior to the tribulation will not see this. We will see the signs of this, this great deception happening just prior to the time of the end. Now, finally, I want to comment on the words of Jesus about wars and rumors of wars Jesus says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Then Jesus says, nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. Jesus is telling us specifically that there is going to be rumors, meaning news. There's going to be news about the wars. Can you say nightly news? I mean it's almost impossible to open up a news source and not read about some skirmish, some military action somewhere in the world. It's almost impossible to escape, but Jesus says all these things must happen and then the end is still to come. So Jesus is particularly talking about these rumors of wars, this idea that no matter where you go, you're hearing more and more about wars, wars going on somewhere in the world. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Antichrist comes actually to sign, with the advent of a peace treaty. That's what the the Bible says: is that the Antichrist will enter in, will confirm a, a treaty with many, and it will be it will promise seven years, seven years of peace and safety, peace and security. Of course, that seven-year happens to be the tribulation, which just, is, just so happens to be the most terrible time that Jesus said, if it lasted any longer than the seven years, no flesh would survive. Now, I want to close with this word nation. The word nation, nation against nation, is the, this word nation in the Greek is the word ethnos. Um, Ethnos is where we get the word ethnic or ethnic cultures. Uh, It's an ethnic group, a culture, even a religious culture. For example, this word ethnos was referred to the Jews versus the Gentiles, different religious groups. Now today, here in the United States, after over 100 years after the Civil War of advancing reconciliation, of equality, after 200 years of America being called the Great Melting Pot, Where people of every race, every nation, every creed could get along. We're now being told by many of our leaders, by those with the megaphones, that. We're all racists, we're all homophobes, we're all Islamophobes, we're all Zionists, and we're all white Christian nationalists putting, putting one group against another. This is nations rising against nations, ethnic groups, cultures rising against other cultural groups. This is a key indication that we are in the time of the signs. But don't fall for it, my friends. This is just another end time scheme by the evil one. This is, however, the time of the signs, and it's time to prepare because Jesus is returning. When you see these things happen, that's what the disciples asked. They asked asked Jesus, well, tell us about the time that you'll return. Tell us about the end of the world. When when is the end of the age? And Jesus said, when you see these things happen happen. When you see these things happen, Jesus responded. So my friends, we are definitely in the time of the signs. I want to pray. If you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you haven't turned your life over to him, allowed your sins to be forgiven, I implore you that today is a wonderful time, a wonderful time to do it. Why wait till tomorrow when you can do it today? Have your sins forgiven. Begin a new life. Allow the Holy Spirit to enter your life and make you the kind of man or woman that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father God, we wanna thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We give you all the praise and the glory, Lord, for all things in Jesus.
0: Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and Pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation, available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer Get your copy today.